Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Well, let's get started today. Listen, after last week's episode, if you didn't catch the previous episode, we talked about a little bit about spiritual warfare. And after last week's episode, I got quite a few comments, feedbacks, messages from you guys. Some were asking questions. Some were just looking for an opinion on something that you've been experiencing. And I love that. I love that we are creating a community of people who are unapologetically being themselves and pursuing their best life with Jesus. So on the heels of last week's episode, I thought we would continue the conversation just a little bit and talk about the gift of discernment. Now, I can say from personal experience, there is very little being talked about in the church today about the gift of discernment. And personally, I understand why, although it does make me a little bit sad. The gift of discernment is one of the gifts from the Holy Spirit that's listed in 1 Corinthians in the Bible, and it's a gift that many people have, many believers have, but it's very seldom talked about. So today, discerners, this is for you. But before we identify some of the things about the gift of discernment that are important to know, I just want to say that I recognize not everyone out there operates in this gift, and what I mean by that is you just don't have it. Or if you have it, you just don't use it. So my encouragement to you is don't tune out, listen, and listen for the discerners that are in your life. Chances are you've got somebody in your family, in your workplace, or a friend who operates with this gifting. And so this is a great way for you to learn some insider information and how you can better support them. All right. So discerners, first thing that I want to say today is discerners don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. Don't do it. Don't do it. Here's the thing. And I know this from personal experience. When you have the gift of discernment, you often feel like the odd one out. You are often picking up on things that other people around you just don't see. And when they don't see or feel them, then they sort of have a tendency to dismiss what you feel. And so that can cause you to isolate and not share as openly. But listen, don't do life alone. My hope is by the end of this episode, you are encouraged, you feel a little bit more sane, and you're ready to tackle this gifting with a more open heart. So what is the gift of discernment? Well, I should start by saying that every person on the face of the earth has a measure of discernment. So just like in any recipe, when you're adding in, let's take salt, for example, some recipes, it's just a pinch of salt. Some you need a teaspoon or two, and some, if you're making a brine, require exorbitant amounts of salt. So discernment is a little bit like that. Everybody has a pinch, right? Everybody has a little bit. So the base level understanding of the gift of discernment that all people have is the ability to tell the difference between good and evil. Others would call it like this, the ability to tell right from wrong. 
If you're a Jiminy Cricket fan in the old Pinocchio movie, then maybe you've thought about it as your conscience. But all of us have a measure of discernment where we can tell this is good and this is not good. That doesn't mean we're always using it, but we all have it. So if what I'm about to say doesn't land in you, just know that you do have discernment in you and you can use it and you can grow that gifting as you pursue Jesus as well. But that's sort of the base level understanding, the ability to tell right from wrong. So then there is the next level up and level up does not mean that you're more mature or more, you know, special or anything like that. It just means there's a greater measure of this gifting at work in your life. And this is the ability to discern between what is God, what is the enemy and what is from our flesh or what is just a worldly motive that's not necessarily demonic in nature, but it's definitely not God either. This is what most people with the gift of discernment start out with, the ability to tell the difference. So what does this look like? Well, everybody who is a discerner has a different way that they're discerning, but many of us feel So I mentioned to you guys in the last episode that I'm a spiritually sensitive person, and I know you might be as well. So one of the ways that we discern is by what we feel in the room or coming at us. Let me give you a personal example. When I was newly married, we'd been married about a year. So this was some time ago. We did not have cable. We couldn't afford it. And we didn't watch a lot of TV, but we did have an antenna. And I remember one day thinking, man, I miss watching TV. So I'm going to fire up the antenna, but I wanted to be spiritual. So I thought I'll put on TV in because we got that channel on our antenna. It didn't want to watch the soap opera. It was the middle of the day. So TBN won out. Well, the preacher that was speaking was talking about things from the Bible, things that were good, you know, by all intents and purposes. But the more I listened, the more I began to have a physical reaction in my stomach. Now, what does that mean? That means my stomach started hurting. I started to feel nauseous and I couldn't figure out what it was. Naturally, I thought, well, maybe I ate something or, you know, checked out some natural means of understanding there, but uh, eventually I learned that every time it was this particular preacher, I'm not going to tell you who it was because honestly, I don't even remember who it was, but this particular preacher, every time they would be on TBN, I would have a, a reaction to my physical body that was like stomach pain. Eventually I realized God was showing me something. I was discerning something that though the words might be from the Bible, the motivation behind what they were using with the words was certainly not from God. That's not to say that every person on TBN was operating in that way. That certainly wasn't the case, but this particular preacher, I don't know what it was, but something was going on. So if you are a discerner, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not a discerner, you might be automatically thinking, that is weird. That can't be how it works. I'm just telling you more often than not, it is. You might be in a setting with someone and you're looking at them and you find that you just cannot look them in the eyes. You don't know why, but you just can't. That's sometimes the gift of discernment at work. So the the if we're talking about the base level being that everybody can tell right from wrong and the medium level being that you can identify, is this God, is this the enemy, or is this a worldly fleshly motive? Then the higher level, for lack of a better word to define it for you, but the, the more intense version of this gifting is the ability to discern specific spirits at work. And also with that, the ability to discern different angelic presence and presence of God, Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, that type of thing. 
So that's, I believe, the real goal for us as discerners. But to get to that place, it requires a lot of relationship with God and it requires some training. So here's one thing that happens with discerners all the time. We mistake suspicion for discernment and we move into judgment instead of intercession. Let me say that again. We mistake suspicion for discernment and we move into judgment instead of intercession. So the gift of discernment is designed to help keep us towards the middle of the road. It's designed to expose things that might not be as obvious, hidden motives, um, evil plans, those type of things. I'm not really talking about you know, a diabolical type thing or a Hans Gruber type plan. I'm really talking about when the enemy is trying to infiltrate something God wants to do to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what the gift of discernment is for. So I hope by now you're already being able to identify which stage you're in, base level, the medium stage, or the higher stage of being able to discern even specific spirits and angelic presence and the presence of Holy Spirit as well. Here's four things that every discerner needs to know. Now, listen, if you are a discerner, take good notes to this. If you have someone in your life, pay attention to these things. These are the top four tips that I have for being a discerner and having walked with this gifting for quite some time, both to my benefit and to my detriment at times. So number one, I feel like we should do a drum roll, please. But here we go. Number one thing every discerner needs to know or have, you need a good friend who will listen to you without judgment. That's right. Discerners don't do life alone. Not that you can't. It's just that you shouldn't. You need a good friend or a family member or a spouse who will listen to you without judgment. Why? Because sometimes what you are discerning is pretty wacky and it's pretty out there and you need somebody who will just let you process and explore what you're trying to glean from the Lord. Number two, every discerner needs to know or needs to have. You need an understanding that what you discern is only part of the story. Hear me say this again. You will never discern the entire story all on your own. God purposefully does not reveal all you need to know to one person. He disperses the understanding between people so that collectively we have the mind of Christ and we can discern what he's doing. This means when you feel something or see something prophetically or hear something or you just know from a discernment perspective, you have to remind yourself regularly that your perspective is only one part of the story. I see this happen so many times with people who are just getting started and learning about their gift of discernment, where they begin to see something on someone or have a sense of something prophetically speaking. And, you know, because the gift of discernment and the gift of prophecy do often go hand to hand, hand in hand. But they begin to discern something and then they just assume that what they're feeling is the whole story and they don't ask questions. They don't try to get into that person's life to understand more. In fact, immature discerners will cut off all relationship based on something that they see, causing them to withdraw. Now, God sometimes will show things to discerners so that you will move away from relationships that are very unhealthy and toxic. But typically what you're discerning has been shown to you so that you will pray and have an aspect of God to be able to speak into that situation. That means if what you're discerning causes you to break relationship with every person you're discerning it from or on, 
then you're missing something from the Lord. So number one thing you need to know, you need a good friend who will listen without judgment. Number two, you've got to remind yourself regularly that what you're discerning is only part of the story. Number three, you need friendly reminders that the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. Let me say that one more time because this is a big one. Discerners, the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. You may be the only person seeing or feeling what you're feeling, and you may be entirely correct. You may be totally accurate, and you may be very alone, but yet the weight of that situation is not resting entirely on you. Remember, you are only able to discern that because of the work of the Holy Spirit, which means there's a lot more going on in the spirit realm than you're probably giving credit to in that one moment. So I would encourage you, if you are not a discerner and you've got a discerner in your life, send them a text as soon as this podcast is over and just remind them, hey, remember, the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. And in the same vein, we need to remind our discerning friends, our discerning brothers and sisters, to not just look for what's wrong, but to look for and celebrate what God is doing. Remember, the gift of discernment is not just to see what the enemy is doing. It is to see the motivation behind all things. One of the best ways that you can help yourself grow in the gift of discernment is to start focusing and zeroing in on what is God. When you're in a room and ministry is happening, ask the Lord to give you discernment on what Jesus is doing, and then ask him for discernment on what Holy Spirit is doing. And it gets really fun when you start to focus on that. One way you can use your gifting is to start looking at, is this a gift of faith? Is it a gift of healing? Is it a gift of miracles? These are just exercises that you can use. Of course, you don't have to ask those questions, but I do want to really challenge you. Make sure you're not just discerning what's wrong, but you're looking for what God is doing and what's going right. Now, before I get to number four, I just want to say a little side note for those of you that are listening to this and you need to hear this. You aren't going crazy. You're not. You're not going crazy. But when you feel like you're losing your mind, you need a lot more Jesus and you need to start looking for what Jesus is doing. I remember when I started exploring my gift of discernment, it was always there, but I didn't really know how to harness it. So when I started to harness it, crazy things began to happen. And I'm not talking about the crazy things you want to tell people about. I'm talking about the ones that you hope to never have to say out loud. Things that were happening in my mind, in worship settings, around me, occasionally in my home, um, interactions with people that I would meet out in public. It was bizarre. And if you're a discerner, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. The gift of discernment often starts with the feeling that you're losing your mind. And of course, I'm not talking about any type of mental health issues. But when you're feeling that, sometimes it's the enemy wanting to make you feel crazy because you're actually putting your finger on what he's doing and you're getting ready to expose it and bring God's freedom. I remember being in a relationship in my life. uh, It was a, a person that was connected to me through someone else and um, through my husband actually. And so it wasn't like I could just remove them from my life per se, but this person was operating under some demonic um, spirits and it was dramatically affecting my life. And it was incredibly difficult for me. And I wanted to run and I wanted to break the relationship, but given the nature of the circumstances, I wasn't really able to do that at that time. And in the midst of all of that, 
I began to be able to see this is not God. This is not human flesh. This is the enemy. And this is attacks from the enemy that are causing all kinds of havoc and chaos in our life and in our family. But the crazy thing was when I started to speak up about that, all the other people around started telling me that I was being too judgmental, that I was not forgiving enough, that I was being too opinionated and go down the line from there. What happened was instead of listening to my perspective and hearing me out, I became the bad guy. And because I became the bad guy, I took it internally and started thinking there's something wrong with me. And it became a long standing torment that I think the enemy was very happy to send to my life because eventually the Lord vindicated me. It became exposed that it was an evil spirit behind all of this. And the people closest to me actually came and repented and apologized to me for that. And uh, we were able to restore that and it was all, it's all good now. But there was a time where I would feel like I wanted to beat my fist against the wall and scream at the top of my lungs. I'm not crazy. I'm not nuts in what I'm seeing. I'm seeing something God is showing me. Nobody else is able to see it. So I just want to say to you, if this resonates with you at all, remember Jesus is with you and he is showing you. But this brings us to our fourth and final tip for discerners. Your church and the people around you, they need your gift, but it's your job to learn how to communicate it. It's not their job to learn how to hear you better. So here's my best advice to you. Stay normal. Stay normal, discerners. This is not the matrix, you know, even though the matrix is quite a good parallel to life on earth these days, it's not actually the way that it works. You are a normal human being, fully capable of articulating what you are discerning in a way that makes sense to normal people. Now, that means you might have to work on your approach You might have to work on your communication style, but that's part of your journey in honing your gifting. What was happening in this story I just told you about myself was that I was coming out of the gate with my fists shaking in the air. I was so frustrated that I was seeing what the enemy was doing that I was almost way too intense for the people involved in the situation to be able to hear the truth of my words. Eventually, as I let the passion sort of subside and I found other ways to articulate what was going on, we were able to get to a place of understanding that was much more palatable for them and brought about the same end goal that I was looking for from what God had shown me. So let me tell you point number four again. Your church needs your gift. Listen, you are discerning and God positioned you where he did on purpose, but sometimes you communicate it in a way that's very difficult for your leaders or your friends to understand. And then you feel shunned by them because they might back up for a moment in trying to, you know, figure out what to do with what you just said about some sort of crazy metaphorical picture or whatnot, or a visitation from a spirit or something crazy like that. And then because they've backed up, then you feel isolated. And then it's this whole vicious cycle of breaking community and breaking real unity. Your church needs your gift, but it's not their job to steward your gift for you. It's your job. So here we go. Let's go over our top four tips for discerners again. Number one, you need a good friend who will listen without judgment. So you need to be processing with someone what you're experiencing from the Lord, what you're discerning and how you're praying about it as well. Maybe this friend is someone who will pray with you because listen, what you're discerning 
is what you're seeing, and then you give it to God in intercession and you let him take care of it if at all possible. So number one, a good friend who will listen. Number two, an understanding that what you discern is only ever part of the story. So remember, number two, what you are discerning is only part of the story. Number three, you need friendly reminders that the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. Listen, if you're dealing with something right now, if you're in a spiritual battle today and you're the only one discerning it, I am here to tell you, look for what God is doing. Don't assume that God has put all the weight of the breakthrough sitting directly on you. You have angelic help. You have the help of Holy Spirit. You have Jesus on your side and he will vindicate you and he will resolve this. If it's what you're seeing is accurate, he will resolve it and it will all work out. Don't let depression come in because you feel an unnecessary burden. And number four, your church needs your gift, but it is your job to learn how to communicate it. It's not theirs. Stay normal friends. So discerners don't do life alone and don't get weird unless you're surrounded by other discerners, but then it's no longer weird because that's the new normal in that pocket of people. One of the greatest joys of my life has been learning how to articulate the gift of discernment and crazy things that I'm seeing and discerning and being able to say it in very simple terms that bring about what God wants to do without having to get into any type of mystical language or, you know, things that would be maybe offensive or difficult for other people. Now, I know some of you guys might be hearing me and saying, well, are you catering to people too much? Listen, The goal is not for everybody to marvel at the gift of discernment that's on your life or my life. The goal is that what God wants to do comes to pass. So whatever strategic way we can accomplish that goal, then it's good, right? Then it's good. So those are my tips for you. I'm praying for you discerners. And I want to encourage you, go after your gift, go after uh, interacting with the Lord with it. It's probably one of the favorite gifts that God has given me. Um, It's a very private gift to me. I don't talk about it a whole lot, but it's one of the favorite things that I enjoy. Let me give you one more bonus thought that I didn't say earlier. Remember that where you are in an environmental setting matters when you are a discerning or spiritually sensitive person. There's an avenue of town uh, in our city, downtown type area, that is a very rundown part of town. And I'm telling you, every time I drive through that part of town and I'm trying to have a conversation with someone, it ends in an argument. It's like irritability just rises up from the ground. And I remember the day the Lord said, quit dismissing what's happening. Pay attention and make, you know, connect the dots that this is always happening while you're in this particular plot of land. And I thought, man, that's great. And so now when we drive through that part of town, I literally don't talk. Now, I don't have to do it that way. That's just how I've chosen to do it because there's something in the land that God has not given me permission yet to dismantle that I just am going to navigate that knowing I'm a spiritually sensitive person and it's the gift of discernment that I'm dealing with. It's not frustration with the person in my car. One other quick story about that. My family loves the restaurant IHOP. We love IHOP. There's an, you know, the International House of Pancakes. Let me say the four children and me love IHOP. The husband, not quite so much, but he will acquiesce to us every few months or so. Every time we go to this particular IHOP, we end in a family-wide argument. The kids go nuts. It's crazy. The first three times this happened, we just sort of wrote it off as having a bad day or whatnot because we don't go there very often. The fourth time, I finally realized it was discernment. 
I finally realized there was something in the atmosphere of this restaurant or maybe on the ground or whatnot that was uh, uh, afflicting my family. And so the next time we went, we sat in the car and we prayed and we bound up any unclean spirit. We didn't cast it out because we don't have authority to do that because we don't own that land. But we bound it up and said, you will not project or manifest or communicate with this family at all. And we had the best time. And every time we've been to this particular restaurant since then, we say that same prayer. And I'm telling you, it's like the heavens open up and we are unafflicted by these spirits. So I tell you these stories, not so that you'll think I'm weird. Please don't. I promise you I'm sort of normal most of the time but I'm telling you these for those of you that have discerners in your life or you are one yourself you know exactly what I'm talking about and I'm giving you permission to normalize yourself just a little bit more so that's all the time we've got for today and this week if you've got questions or you need help or moral support or whatnot shoot me a message on Facebook you can find me at Rachel Wartman Um, You can also find me on the Permission to Thrive Facebook page. You can message me there and on Instagram at Rachel Wartman as well. I would love to pray with you and help you any way that I can. Have an amazing day. Be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.